Welcome to Family Life Today, presented in cooperation with this station by Power to Change. We hope today's program will give you something to reflect on and to encourage you in your relationships. Our hosts are Dave and Ann Wilson with Bob Lapine. When you're a mom, it can be so insulated, like, nobody else has it as hard as I do. (laughs) This is the impossible task that I have been given today to do all of this laundry, you know, and it is really hard. But there are other really hard things, too. And there are other women who will come alongside of you who might be in a simpler stage of life and say, hey, how can I help you do that? Like, let's do that together. Welcome to Family Life Today, where we want to help you pursue the relationships that matter most. I'm Ann Wilson. And I'm Dave Wilson, and you can find us at FamilyLifeToday.com or on our Family Life app. This is Family Life Today. So you're a mother of three boys. You're a boy yes, mom. Yes, I am. And uh, <laughs> we're a special breed. Yeah. yeah, and we've got a boy mom. We got two boy moms in here. Yeah. You both have three sons, and you know we have actually have daughter-in-laws now and grandkids. But as you think about that, what was the the best thing about being a mother of sons? What was the worst? What comes to your mind first? The hardest, I wouldn't say the worst, the hardest thing was when they're little, they are so active, like they're constantly on the go, and it felt physically exhausting. I feel like I have a lot of energy, but I felt like, I don't know if I can do this. And the best was just kind of discovering how God made them, like their physicalness, their fun, their adventure hearts. We're excited because we have Maggie Combs back with us today, and Maggie's written a book called Motherhood Without All the Rules, Trading Stressful Standards for Gospel Truths. So you're a mom of three boys as well. I'll throw the same question to you. Best, greatest thing about it? What's the hardest thing? The hardest thing for me has just been the physicalness of it. Like you said, they're so busy. I remember my husband, when he would stay late at work and had these three toddler boys, and it was like, they can't go to bed unless someone has wrestled with them. (laughs) And so I would get down on the floor and I would go in the fetal position and I'd be like, okay, you can wrestle me now. And they would just jump all over me. And thankfully they're a little older now. So now I just say like, just go wrestle with each other, okay? <laughs> Try not to break a bone. Yeah, I can remember times they, they were so rambunctious. They're never going to settle down. We'd like, okay, outside. Sprint up and this down. This is the middle of winter yeah. in Michigan. Put all your snow clothes on. You guys run as fast as you can down the street. Yeah, for like two hours. No, I'm kidding. But, you know, just to get some exhaustion because they're never going to settle down. Yeah. And isn't it interesting the things that you do that you said, I will never <laughs> do this. Did you have any of those? I'm not sure if I had any specific ones of those. My boys were born in just a clump of baby girls, just so many baby girls. All my friends are having baby girls, and we would have playdates, and it was like, oh, this is a totally different world. And I remember my best friend coming up to me, and I don't remember what the item was, but she picked it up off my floor, and she said, I found this on your floor. 
you know, it's not safe or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. I'm so glad you found that. And then I was thinking to myself, but I was letting my kid play with that like five (laughs) minutes before you came here. So I feel like boys kind of get a bad rap sometimes, though. So I'd say my favorite thing about raising boys is just seeing how tender they can be. When Mm. we're always saying, like, oh, they're, you know, rough and tumble, which they are. But then that flip side where they're just really sweet and tender with me, with each other, and just being really good at loving while still being Mm. a crazy boy. I remember one time one of my friends asked me to come over to help her wallpaper her bathroom. And she had just had her fifth baby. I guess that little boy was maybe seven months old or eight months old. And so she's corralling all of her kids in the other room. And I'm up on the ladder putting this wallpaper up. And I said, hey, you might want to come in here because her baby could sit up. But her baby was in the bathroom with me because she was thinking, well, you can watch him by the wallpaper. Obviously. He'll be fine. <laughs> and I said, yeah, your little boy has the plunger and it's in his mouth. <laughs> I'm waiting for her to rush in and grab that plunger. She goes, it's fine. <laughs> Even for me, like, uh, I don't think that's quite fine. But it's amazing the survival mode that we get into as moms. Now, do you think it's a lot different for moms and daughters? I think it's just dependent on personality. What do you think, Maggie? Yeah, and I think every mom has to, like, learn to chill out a little bit yeah. to some extent or else you Maybe just go crazy. Plunger, but... Maybe not plunger-level chilling out, <laughs> but you learn to go, like, okay, I can say yes to that when everything inside me is screaming, no, protect them, be careful. Well, Maggie, you've written more than this book. Tell us about the other things that you've done and that what you're doing now. Unsuper Mommy. Yeah. That's so my first great book is Unsuper Mommy, and it was written in the throes of early motherhood. When I started it, I had a six-month-old, an 18-month-old, and a three-and-a-half-year-old. What? Are you crazy? That is being a super mom. Well, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was like, what did I do really bad at today? <laughs> so it is just written from just the overflow of what God was teaching me in the hardest season of my life. And it is really, Rob, it's just sharing with women how to release all of those plans that they did have for motherhood that suddenly they're like, alert, alert, emergency. None of my plans are coming to fruition. And to release those and to embrace the life that God has put before them that day and to know that they can only do that life by the power of God. Hmm. And so the other thing that I get to do now as a writer is I am the content director at a ministry called Well-Watered Women, and I get to write Bible studies, and I get to oversee social media and share the gospel with women across the board who are moms, who are single, who are married, who are divorced, who are widowed, all women, not just moms. And it's been a real gift to get to be a part of that ministry. Well, it's interesting. One of the um, sections of, of this book, you know, Motherhood Without All the Rules, the chapter title was Relationship Over Rules. And I initially thought, oh, I know where this is going because we wrote a chapter in our No Perfect Parents book about rules without relationship equals rebellion. So it was about your relationship with your kids, you know, especially That's as teenagers. That's one of my parents' favorite sayings. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Is it? It's been yeah. around for a long time, and it's, you know, it's highlighting a very important thing, especially with teenagers. If it's, if all they're getting from you is rules, you're not cultivating a relationship, it could lead to rebellion. But that isn't what you were talking about. I found it very insightful that you're talking about relationship with God over just being a rule-based parent. Talk about that. 
Yeah, I think one of the things that I aim to do in my book is talk to the mom's heart because mm-hmm. we can give them all the parenting advice in the world, but if their heart isn't following God, it's not going to do them any good. It's just mm-hmm. slapping on fruit on a tree that is dying. Mm-hmm. And so actually, I think that I tried to work that phrase into my book somewhere, the rules without relationship equals rebellion, because it works the same way mm-hmm. in our relationship yeah, with God, right. right? If we just take all of the good rules, all of the good exhortations that the Bible gives us, and we try to do them without being in relationship with God, we're going to end up pretty angry at Mm. God or throwing the whole thing out altogether. We see all this deconversion stuff right now, right? Mm. Throwing it all out altogether and saying, hey, I don't want anything to do with this anymore. And so that's what this book is trying to do. It's aim at that heart and say, instead of trying to fix your actions, let's work on what's going on in our hearts as mom dig into that with God, learn to be in prayer with him. I think so often we're afraid to tell him how upset we are about what is happening in our lives. And so being able to actually go to him and be honest, like this was really hard today. This is what I'm struggling with. Not just like, here's my laundry list of things I want you Mm -hmm. to do for me, but talk to him like we would talk to our best friends. I think I call my mom up like 15 times a day and I just tell her (laughs) all the weird stuff that happens in motherhood. And sometimes moms would feel like, man, I just want someone to tell everything to, right? And we do have someone to tell everything to. Moms often really struggle with loneliness because we're just so deep in our kids' lives. We don't have time to make friendships. And First of all, God does call us to build friendships and to make space for that. But in seasons like when my kids were really little, it was just basically impossible. And it was like, God can be that for me. He is my friend, not just my savior. I think that's so good. I know that when our kids were little, I would call my sister and she had four boys and I had three boys. And as soon as something would happen, I would call her. And I had this. And then we would just vent to one another. You know, we just go to dark, deep places. And I realized one day as I was praying, I was thinking I had this thought like of God saying, come to me first. And Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary. And like, oh, that's me. I have my hand up. And so I thought before I call my friend or my sister, I'm going to go to God first and tell him everything that's on my heart. And doesn't he want that? Like he wants us to go there with him. And it's so funny because the more I did that, the more I felt like, oh, I want to go to him first because other people aren't solving my problems, I would get this peace, as Philippians says, that surpasses all understanding and would guard my heart and my mind in Jesus. And I remember driving not too long ago, and I was praying, just talking to God about when I lost my mom. And I I remember saying to Jesus, like, you're my best friend. And that takes a while to go to him first to learn that. And that's what we want for our kids. And we can model that of letting them see us go before God and kind of telling him what's on our hearts and minds. I love that you're talking about that. Yeah, we all long for that. We are relational people because we are made in the image of a relational God. He is Trinitarian, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in him, there's perfect relationship. 
And back in the garden, Adam and Eve got to be in perfect relationship. Mm -hmm. They walked with God, and then that was broken by sin. Um, But Jesus came to make a way for us to have perfect relationship with God again. And we will fail sometimes in this world, but we are growing towards living more in relationship with him. And prayer is such an essential part of that. I was thinking of this, you know, in terms of the relationship with God. And you mentioned earlier that uh, moms often feel lonely. Mm-hmm. So they need another mom or another friend as well. I remember, I don't know where I read it years ago. I think it was Max Lucado book. 25, 30 years ago, he tells this cute little story of a little boy running in mom and dad's room during a thunderstorm. And he grabs his dad's leg. I think he's like six. And, you know, he says, I'm scared. And dad says, hey, you don't need to be scared. Jesus is here. Jesus got it. He goes, yeah, I know that. But right now I need someone with skin on. (laughs) (laughs) I've never forgotten that. And I thought it's so true for us as well. We don't need anybody else but Jesus. He's all we need. He's our sufficiency. Yet he's made us in such a way we need humans. We need. And so I'm thinking as moms, how do moms dig out of that loneliness to have other moms in your life to help support you when you're going. I mean, those are the shadow of the valley, you know, when you're raising little (laughs) toddlers, especially boys or girls. It's just like it's exhausting, but you need Mm -hmm. another mom. How do you do that? We've been given friends. We've been given the local church. And so often we want to go to Instagram for relationship. We want to go to social media for relationship. And those relationships are not enough. They Mm. cannot know our whole selves. But women who are in our lives doing real life with us can, when we're willing to pull back the veneer and say, hey, I don't feel like a good mom today because I did this. And moms tend to hide in our shame. Mm. When we feel shame, we pull away from others. And I remember making myself make calls when I felt like every other mom's better than I am. And if I tell them the way I'm acting or even what's in my heart, like I'm so angry or lonely sometimes, I'm afraid I'll be judged. And so sometimes to be the first one to say it will open this door of other women saying, me too. And there's something really special and healing about having people open up about what they're facing and then praying. I think the right kind of friend, Dave, is really important. When I would call a friend um, and she would say, I know your husband is an idiot. (laughs) That may not be the best friend. You had friends say that about me? (laughs) It could have been a family member. No, I'm just kidding. I was going to say there's kind of two steps. There's one being the willing to be the first person to be vulnerable, but then making sure that you are being vulnerable with the kind of friend Mm. who's going to give you the gospel. Exactly. And so the world is full of all kinds of things to put our hope in. Like we can put our hope in the next girl's night out or the (laughs) next vacation or don't. One of the main ones moms here is like, don't worry, it's just a season. (laughs) And that is a little hope. That is not enough to support all the hope that we need for motherhood. And so getting a friend who you know is going to say, I see that. I see how that was really hard, but you know, I also see that Jesus is here with you and he knows what it's like when your kids Mm. are just, they not listen to anything you say. (laughs) Who knows better than Jesus about that, right? I mean, it's like prone to wander. I mean, and so when your kids are refusing to listen to you, a friend who says, you know what? I think God has experienced that too. 
let's pray together. Yeah, let's pray together says, and remember. Yes. Let's remember together what God has said about this. Mm-hmm. Well, it's easy as a guy to think women never struggle with the loneliness because you're so good at relationships. But, you know, you watch women relate to one another and it's like, wow, they have real friendships. We men have to initiate and struggle with that. But you really do need other women. And and if it's true, how do you do it as a mom who's overwhelmed with their schedule? How do you find time to spend some time with women? So I think there are a few ways. Like one of the best ways to spend time with other women is to join your church Bible study. Mm. Praise the Lord (laughs) for church child care. Am I right? So I struggled with doing that as a young mom because I'd be like, well, I know the kid's going to have a hard day and I know that the nap time will get messed up and all this stuff. But you have to say like, but actually I know that even more than I need an easy afternoon that day, I need to be opening God's word with other women. And I think the great thing about Bible study, especially if you can be involved in an intergenerational Bible study, is it opens your eyes to circumstances other women who are in different ages and stages of life and their circumstances, because when you become, um, when you're a mom, it can be so insulated, like nobody else has it as hard as I do. (laughs) This is the impossible task that I have been given today to do all of this laundry, you know, and it is really hard, but there are other really hard things too. And there are other women who will come alongside of you who might be in a simpler stage of life and say, Hey, how can I help you do that? Like, let's do that together. I've always say, have a woman in front of you that's ahead of you in their life stage. Have a woman beside you that's right alongside that you can say, oh, I know that happened to me today. And then I think it's really good to have someone behind you that's in like just maybe she just had the baby or she just got married because maybe you weren't perfect in that stage, but you've learned so much. And I talk to so many older women whose kids are gone that feel like I have nothing to offer. My kids are gone. I feel like my life is kind of the meaning of it doesn't have as much significance. And I'm saying, oh, you are in the peak and prime of pouring into younger women. And when they say, but I've been divorced or I have kids that have rebelled, I'm like, and haven't you learned a lot from that? Because Satan says to us, you're disqualified. And God says, no, I will use all of your pain for someone else's gain if you'll let me and let me heal some of those things. Yeah, we need the whole body of Christ Mm -hmm. and we are all unfinished. Yes. And I just, I hear so much in the ministry that I work with women going like, I want a mentor. How do I get a mentor? And so if you are an older woman who's thinking, I don't know, I don't have anything to offer. There is a whole generation of women who are just recognizing the shallowness of getting mentoring on the internet. Yeah. And they're starting to say, I want someone to talk to about my real life. And if you would just say, hey, like, would you want to meet? Hmm. Every once in a while, that woman's going to be like, yes, I would love that. How can we do that? Yes. Well, I mean, in some ways, you know, reading through your book, it's like these stressful standards. Most of them are lies. You know, they're things that we hear or you hear as a mom from the culture, from the world. And when you look at them, you're like, that's not true. But when you connect with other women... That's what they can do. They can speak what you're doing in your book. You're saying, this is a lie. Here's a, This is a myth. Here's the truth. Boy, if you surround yourself, same thing for guys. There's no difference. And for couples to say, I need people in my life that remind me what's true. I'm buying into a lie again. I don't even realize it. I say it out loud, and they look at me, and I go, 
That's not even true. That's all discipleship is. Yeah. Yeah. Or if there's a hard question, like, let's find it in the Bible together. Hmm. Like, you don't have to be able to come up with the chapter and verse off the top of your head. Like, let's look together. And I think what we can do as women is I've heard so many women say to me, I'm sure you don't have time. You know, and so I think they assume in their head, like, nobody would want to meet with me. If somebody heard how I was struggling, they would think I'm disqualified. And I would say, do not listen to those lies, because if Satan has a plan for your life, it's that you remain isolated. You live in shame. And God is saying, no, step out. This year, I've been going through my one-year Bible, and every time it says, and they cried out to the Lord. You know what the next sentence is? And he heard their cry. And I would just say to you women, to you moms, like every single time you cry out, Mm. God hears you. So pray for a mentor, pray for a friend, pray for your kids because God hears you. And then if you have that urge, like if somebody comes to your mind, like I'd love to meet with her, why not call? And if she doesn't work, then call someone else, but keep moving and keep finding those people that can pour into you. And here's a simple way to do that. Pick up Maggie's book. Yeah. Call another mom or two and say, hey, let's go through this together. Who knows where that would lead to? You're going to talk about mom stuff and you may end up with a really good friend that helps you do this journey as a mom. Mm, I love that idea. I bet you do. (laughs) I went through a season where you know, that early season of motherhood, I came out and that's exactly what I did. I just said, I'm lonely. And I just prayed for a friend. And you know what? God gave me three, oh. three very clear answers to prayer. One was a woman I had never met who had recently moved to Minnesota and has become one of my best friends. I saw her at Bible study and I was like, I like your Bible, which is like <laughs> kind of a Christian pickup line, I think. <laughs> and we started talking and just instantly became friends. And then one was a dear sister-in-law that I've always been friends with that we just grew closer again. And then one was a friend across the internet. We started talking about writing and we've just been talking about writing ever since and everything in life. So Hmm. God does answer that prayer. He wants us to be in fellowship with each other. to thank Dave and Ann Wilson along with Bob Lapine and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. If you'd like to listen to today's program again, visit our website families.powertochange.org.au And select the podcast tab where you will find the previous fortnight's programs available. Until tomorrow at the same time, God's richest blessings on your family.